When it comes to retirement planning, you literally can't afford to procrastinate. You have to be prepared for any possible financial challenge. Let's make sure that you're ready for retirement. It's time for the Retire Ready Podcast with Kyle Hammersmith, investment advisor, representative, and founder of Mocan Wealth Management. here for more of Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith, and we are going to pick up our conversation from the prior podcast on some top social security myths. We're going to go through the second five, six through 10, this go around. If you did not check out the prior episode, consider doing so. You don't have to listen to one to listen to the other, but certainly some good information on that prior podcast. So go check that out at mocanwealth.com. On Apple, Google, Spotify, you can find the program on all the major platforms there. And there's a podcast page tab uh, on Kyle's website, which you can find it that way. Or you could simply type in Retire Ready in the search box of whatever app you like using, again, like Apple or Google or Spotify, and subscribe to the podcast that way. So we're going to pick up the second half this week. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Doing well. Weather's great. I've been out here uh, losing balls left and right on the golf course. So. <laughs> and then the time of the uh, year. It's that time of the year. That's right. That's right. Well, let's, uh, let's see if we can break down. Uh, we can't help you with the golf swing. and We can't help you with losing the golf balls. But we can certainly try to help folks with some Social Security myths. So let's jump in and do the second half here, 6 through 10. Number 6. You can't work and receive Social Security benefits, Kyle, at the same time. As I mentioned on the prior one, I think a lot of times the nugget of truth somewhere gets distorted. This one's probably people getting confused with limitations in how much you can earn if you retire or if you uh, take your benefit early. Yeah. So you can work and receive Social Security benefits at the same time, mm-hmm. but you have to understand there's, there's income limits on how much you can earn without affecting your current benefits. Right. And that's for the early folks that go like at 62, but basically before full retirement age. Yeah. We have to understand there's earned. So that's, those are income limits. That's different. So then like earned income can make your social security more taxable, mm-hmm. but we're just talking specifically on like, could it potentially reduce your benefits? Mm-hmm. And for 2023, if you're going to claim Social Security before your full retirement age, mm-hmm. I believe that income limit is $21,240. Yeah. So think of it like a part-time job, right? So like if you retire, yeah. if let's say you, you pull the trigger, you retire early, you filed for Social Security at 62, then yeah, you can't make more than twenty one grand and some change. Otherwise, what happens? Before your full retirement age... For every two dollars, you're over twenty one thousand two hundred forty bucks. Mm. They're going to deduct your benefit by one dollar. Yeah, up so. until your full retirement age. Now, the year of your full retirement age, if you're going to claim it, that calendar year. So you got to figure out really the month your your full retirement age is during. Yeah, the like year. if you're sixty six and seven months or whatever it might be. Correct. It's all about the month of that year. If you've earned more than 56520 I would say this one's more popular. If you've earned more than that in that calendar year mm-hmm. and you're going to claim your Social Security, they're going to reduce your benefit for a, by $1 for every $3 you're over. That you go over. 56000 yeah. yeah. So like example would be if if you're going to claim your Social Security that year of in June, if you already made hundred grand, right? Mm-hmm. More than likely, you're going to wait till January of the next calendar year. Yeah. I guess all strategy, right? So it's all figuring out if it's worth it or not. And it's so funny that they do that for that one year, but uh, they do. They they make that higher limit the year you're getting ready to hit full retirement age. But once you hit full retirement age, sky's the limit, right? If you want to make a million dollars a year, you can't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's no income limits that year after. Any earned income after that 
full retirement month. Yeah. Um, this does not impact anything, but obviously if you're going to claim your social security and have a bunch of earned income, it will 100% make your benefit more taxable. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're, again, you're talking with the strategy of, of, and this kind of really played into that whole, uh, you know, do I turn it on as soon as I'm eligible kind of thing, or do I wait and find the right time for me? So again, it's part of getting a good cohesive strategy together to realize, uh, how it, it can affect a lot of other stuff. So just turning it on for the sake of sticking it to the government is not always the best option. Uh, all right. Myth number seven. Uh, this one's interesting. Social security benefits are only for U.S. citizens. When you first hear that, you kind of go, well, yeah, duh, that makes sense. But there are actually a number of caveats uh, for people yeah, who might so not be. Social security benefits are really available to U.S. citizens and certain non-citizens to, who meet eligibility requirements. Again, just from my practice and like real life experience, like I do not run into this a whole lot. Um, no, I'm sure it's for more rare. But I mean, like you could be the spouse of a U.S. citizen and you're qualified. Correct. It's yeah. It really just comes down to your situation and eligibility and do you qualify? There's a lot of people that are U.S. citizens that don't qualify for Social Security because they maybe they work for the state and never were actually paying into the Social Security program. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it really just kind of depends on your require on the eligibility requirements. Yeah, and actually that bleeds into my next one too. So I'm gonna I'm glad you brought that up. But there, if we talked on the very first uh, question on this uh, whole topic on the prior podcast about all the stuff that the the folks working at the Social Security Administration office can help with, this is one of those, right? Uh, there's a lot of caveats for for non U.S. citizens. There's a lot of different things. There's stuff for you know. If you've if you've been granted asylum here, there's a lot of different things, right? So you, that's that's where they kind of really shine is helping with these kind of little caveats. So um, for the most part, I think most of us don't really hit that category of non-U.S. citizen, and in, in many cases, if it does happen, it's often with a spouse. So, uh, but that's where you want to double check, and that's why you should go to ssa.gov and look up some of the different resources. There are tons of good information in ssa.gov. All right, so let me circle into what you just mentioned a second ago about not being eligible. Um, the myth is, is if you have a pension, you're not eligible for Social Security benefits. This is number eight, and I think this does get confused with those folks that were working government jobs that you started to touch on there. Yeah, it's usually pretty common either government or state. Uh, having a pension does not necessarily make you ineligible for Social Security benefits, but it can affect the amount of, of your benefits. It really just comes down to like during your working years, instead of you know f- funding Social Security, where you funding like a pension program, right? Um, and, that, and that and that's pretty common either with um, state, federal, or even like railroad employees, mm-hmm. where they're like they are not eligible for Social Security if they take their pension through railroad or state or federal private sector is more common where you're going to, you're going to have your pension, um, which is probably like an older pension and you're going to have full access to social security because you have all of your credits and everything in there. Yeah. There's the uh, windfall elimination provision, the WEP. <laughs> uh, and a lot of times an eligible p- uh, person for a pension the working for, fe- you know, fe- federal, state, local nonprofit, if they did not pay social security taxes on those earnings, that's where you can kind of have that situation and you'll kind of have to fall into this windfall elimination provision. So make sure that, again, you're diving in and finding out all the details that you might need in that category. All right. Myth number nine is social security benefits are based on your income and assets. Kyle, this one's, I think, a little confusing for folks too. It's not based on like just what you've made is is like your salary, for example. And we're going to touch on that in a second as well. Or like if you and I made the same amount of money, but you had a way more expensive house than me, it doesn't mean that your your social security is higher than mine. Yeah, there's earn, it's it's really based off your your earned income. Yeah, um, your your taxable 
wages like throughout your earnings years, but I believe it's your highest 35 years it average. Is. Yeah. Um, so it, they're, they're going to take a, take a look at your income, not your assets. Yeah. It's not um, means tested yet. And, th- and I think this is where it gets confusing because we've heard a lot recently about, uh, trying to, how to fix those security. One of the things that's been floated is means testing. Um, you know, cause, so that's one of the items they're not looking like if you never are going to need it kind of thing in making it more based on your work history. And that's just not the case as of right now. Anyway, could it be? Yeah, sure. Not- Potentially, um, like some new rules could be means tested. Right. right now, it's income tested, and there's caps. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's people out there making three hundred thousand a year that ha- you know almost half of that they're not even paying Social Security taxes on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lovely um, little donut hole there. Um, and so let's touch on number ten because you kind of you stepped in that a little bit as well with the thirty five years, and that's good stuff. Uh, is the you know, Social Security benefits are based on your last job salary. This gets confused, I think, with some kinds of pensions. Many pensions, if you do qualify for one, they maybe take the last three years of salary or five or something like that. But you alluded to it. Social Security is really the top 35 in your entire life. Interestingly enough, though, Kyle, like if you don't have 35 years of working, uh, it doesn't matter. They're still taking that number by 35. So you got to you want to really make sure that you get the, the right reporting and stuff uh, and, and things are being shown on your um, on your statement correctly so that you are maximizing this as much as you can. Yeah, they're based on your lifetime earnings history, not just your last job salary. So obviously a higher salary could potentially help. But, With the know, lower years, right? Yeah. You know, it just kind of depends on how many years you're going to carry that that higher salary job. But again, it's going to be your highest 35 years average. Plus a bunch of other information they use in your formula, but again, it's going to be capped. And then what you have to look at is what's the what's the payment for sixty two versus seventy, and then like you know what are the pros and cons? Yeah. Of like how much Social Security income is? If I take it at sixty six versus seventy, is this going to pay me over my lifetime? And that's really what you should be basing that decision on. You know, and, and a food for thought for folks that are thinking about retiring early. But if you do have not thirty-five, t- you know, years of history working, or because you're going to get a, you're going to get a zero for that. So they still average it out, right? So it's still over thirty-five years. So if you only had thirty, you're going to have five zeros in there, which is going to obviously hurt your benefit. Maybe sometimes for folks thinking about retiring early, that could be an argument to say, okay, I'm going to work three or four or five more years to to kind of uh, sh- at this higher dollar amount that I'm currently making in order to kind of uh, shore that up and maybe help uh, you know the social security number overall. So again, a lot of little strategies you could put in there, but none of it if you don't sit down and really kind of figure out how social security is going to play in with all of your other assets that you've been able to accrue through uh, through life. Yep, I would agree. Again, again, most people that I sit down with social security is like they're, they're seeing a great decision they can make because it is going to be a good chunk of income in Big there yeah. on an annual basis. So they want to make sure they're maximizing it and really just keeping more of it if you can keep more of your social security on an annual basis, it really means you're going to need less from your nest egg. Yeah, exactly. So it's all part of that strategy. So make sure that you're talking with a qualified professional. If you've got some questions around social security, uh, the administration office does a great job. They can help you with a lot of stuff, but not the actual part of saying, how's this going to play into my finances and how is it going to work with everything else? So get all the, the details and the things that you need, but then sit down with a qualified financial professional and run through that scenario. And again, it's important to go by ssa.gov um, and sign up and, and register yourself on 
that. And because they don't send those little green sheets out anymore like they used to. We used to get those little green sheets with all the info on it. Well, they don't do that really now. So go to the website and check this stuff out. And like I was talking, Kyle, make sure that it's reported correctly. With COVID and everything, the last three, four years, people have been jumping jobs. And you want to make sure that those numbers look as accurate because it'd be harder to fix 20 years later than it would be, you know, if you kind of catch it within the first few years. Yeah, just go in there and make sure there's no funky zeros, information's correct, and then start looking at some strategies of when to take it, you know, how to take it versus when to take it and how to build it into your retirement plan now versus waiting till yeah. that time of when you have to make the decision. Yep, absolutely. All right, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Retire Ready on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like using. You can also check out Kyle on YouTube as well. All that information you can find at his website at mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com. You can click on the podcast page uh, as well while you're there. And you also have a toolkit that folks can pick up as well if they'd like to get started. That's a great way to get started by going to the podcast page. There's a, a little little link. It's got the little picture there. It says start today and get the retirement ready book. So that's a great little way to get started. Kyle, thanks for hanging out and breaking some of this down. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll catch you next time here on Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith from Mocan Wealth Management. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through Creative One Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth LLC and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities.